Yes, hello and welcome. It is less than Jay's. Thank you for joining us and for being here a day late. I'm a day late, Jake. I had to I had to run an errand outside yesterday, um, and that was it for me. I was like, well, that's the one thing I get to do today. I am not going to be able to record a podcast after this. <laughs> I mean, yesterday I was just tired, and I was like, well, Fiesta. Yeah. If he has to delay it by a day, who am I to who am I to fight with the man with the baby? Yeah, a three week old baby. Uh, I had just had. I would just talk to you about it about how, um, you know, update on week three is that we're we're insane. <laughs> everyone everyone who lives here has gone insane uh, pretty fully, which is nice to get out of the way. It's nice to get it out of the way because like now, um, is Maddox the calm one now. Maddox is the calm. Maddox is the calm one. Maddox is the, uh, you know, whenever anything is going on, he just like, oh, I'm gonna go upstairs and go to bed, and then I'm like, great, <laughs> thanks, dog. Really appreciate it. To be fair, what else was he gonna do? He's of, he's of no help. It's not that we're both not extremely jealous of that maneuver, because like we both thought of that as the solution to what we could be doing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I look back to the, um, I don't want to call it hubris, no hubris of the last two weeks where I was like, the grandparents are here and I have time to slip her down. Um, we decided to, obviously you can't have, as much as I would love to go Frasier mode and have one of my parents live with us and and uh, and that, you know, they have their own lives, they have their own things to do. They love their grandson very much and they are texting us every day and messaging us and getting photos. But Eventually, a man and wife have to take their house back, and the price of that, of course, is that we are both uh, completely insane, completely off our rockers. That This week, I was explaining to you, um, this weekend on Saturday, featured me watching a video that Scott Van Pelt did on ESPN Sports Center about his dog who had recently passed away, and uh, crying so hard at that that I had to excuse myself to go to the basement and then began laughing at how hard I was crying because... You know, I have, <laughs> you're going through a lot in my life. Uh, a video about a dog shouldn't be the thing that makes me leave the room to cry, but it did. Uh, and then, of course, you start laughing, and then I was laughing about how hard I was laughing, and then I was laughing about having to explain to my wife how hard I was laughing. And then you, once you are, I, I would say, three degrees into laughing about why you were laughing, uh, you're insane. That's, that's, that's going insane. <laughs> I was explaining to you... <laughs> Were I to view the scene in a movie and one of the characters were to excuse himself uh, to the basement so that he could roll on the floor laughing while sobbing and holding <laughs> his head, I would be like, hmm, that character is uh, – I'm going to go with Dark Knight of the Soul in terms of the hero's journey for where that man is. <laughs> and I have it easy, of course. <laughs> I am not the one um, doing most of the work. So, yeah, going crazy over here. Week three, um, not to bombard you with baby stuff off the top, Jake, but – um, week three is different because the baby is starting to – here's the thing, right, Jake, is um, previous to this week, the only thing – baby's either awake or is not. And when he's awake, uh, he's either crying or we're trying to get him to sleep, right? That's the only – or he's sleeping. Those are the two things that we have. We have we have feeding him to get him to go to sleep, soothing him to getting him to go to sleep, carrying him to get him to go to sleep, and him sleeping. Those are the only two modes. Week three – He's starting to like be awake. Um, end of end of sentence, right? He's awake, <laughs> and we 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 have more to do than uh, attempt to get him to sleep because um, he can't be asleep for twenty four hours because that's not being alive. And we're 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 you know right. so. <clears throat> there's a challenge of your because he doesn't do anything, right? He doesn't play. You can't. He doesn't really play, 
right? See, I've always said this about me around babies, and my wife and friends have always been like, no, like you, you get like, what do you? There's nothing to talk to them about, right? I can't be like, hey, baby, how, what do you think about the war? Yeah, the, like, yeah. Baby. I don't think anything. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about anything. Uh, he can't even conceive anything. Um, so that is proving to be a bit of a challenge because up to this point, our only experience is getting him to go to sleep. And, you know, you don't want to fight the battle of, like, we're just trying to get him to go to sleep the whole time when all he's doing is just being awake, which is what I, you know, we're awake a lot of the time and no one is trying to rush us to bed our whole lives. Um, so we're dealing with that um, and we are dealing with, uh, life in general, as as you know, reading the news cycle and existing on the planet, and uh, you know, all that stuff, working and living and breathing and and all of that. Um, it's been quite a week. I am uh, probably fueled my voice. I'm I'm in a weird headspace right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I need you to do is tether me to reality here. Give me something. Give me anything about your life that is normal. Oh. Stuff. Give me anything, please, for the love of God. <laughs> I have bad news for you. Uh, <laughs> our week has not been living in reality. Oh, we, no. Um, as you know, we recovered from COVID. Right. Uh, totally fine. No, nothing nothing bad there. But uh, really just fell into, like, a week of just, like, lazy. Mm. Both working, both tired, shitty weather. Uh, so our friends... Um, Sean and Diana, who you might know, uh, they told us about a TV show we should watch. Um, and I was against the idea because it's not my thing. Oh, no. Uh, and it's utter garbage. Okay. Uh, but Sean and I sold us on the idea that, uh, Adore Delano from RuPaul's Drag Race was on a season of this show. So I was like, okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a show called X on the Beach. Uh, <laughs> And it's a bunch of awful, like just the worst fucking people you've ever seen in your life. Just like unrelenting, hot pieces of garbage from various reality shows uh, who go into a house to fuck. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. then their exes show up who are also hot, miserable pieces of garbage from reality shows. And then they just kind I mean, of see is, what happens. This is what TV's all about. And we've been watching it for about a week now. And that has become our lives of this, like, just letting the trash wash over us to the point where my wife said to me on Saturday, we need to try and eat some better food and get exercise and go outside because we are in a trash hole uh, that comes with rain and spring weather. Uh, and I, I hate myself and I, and I hate the show specifically everyone on the show, but I'm certainly not going to stop watching anytime soon. I feel like we're, we're breaking down the myth that, um, that you have like a refined taste in media. So here's the thing. I was, I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like it's not that I used to have a refined taste, but I certainly used to try harder. You took pride in having a refined taste, maybe. If not refined, I at least like took, I tried to like, I think I've just accepted the fact that I don't like using my brain. You don't want to be a you don't want to be a critic professionally. You don't want you don't no. want to have to think critically. No, and I think there was a time where I did. Right. I wanted to be like, oh, this is what's good. This is what's like worthy. And now I'm like, Shh, fucking throw me in the trash. Fill my eye holes with cover me, cover me in 
Liquid garbage. <laughs> you you know what it is? Genuinely. Uh, I became employed. Right. And then I was like, oh, having a job makes you tired. Absolutely. And I can't spend my whole day right. uh, trying to find the finer things in life. Feed me, the, what's the, the Pat Oswalt thing? Put my food in a gun and shoot it in my mouth and throw me in the trash. This is no way to live, the two of us. This is no. <laughs> I used to not watch, I used to watch every Oscar movie. This is year. not healthy. Yeah. I haven't seen a single one in like three years. Uh, I was. There's lots, um, of, there's lots of television yeah. that's good that I want to watch that I haven't because I need to watch these f- hot idiots fight. I was remarking uh, yesterday that a neat side thing is I've completely forgotten the character names and plots of any of the shows. Any show I talked about on here three weeks ago, I don't. The only thing I know about any show on television that we are in the middle of watching is one of the characters is Magic Johnson. And because it's literally one of the most famous people ever, <laughs> it's the only reason I know. Everything else, completely, complete. I, I couldn't tell you the main characters or even the cities that they're in. I'm just like, my brain reset. Um, completely back to factory settings. We're also tracking, of course, the development of my child, who, as I mentioned, uh, is in week three, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting a little bit chubbier, turning a little bit, bit of a tuna can, which is good, which is what we want, getting taller. He's outgrown his first things, was actually sort of crazy. Oh, yeah. that's fun. He outgrew his, uh, those, like, the size zero diapers, and he outgrew, um, like, the size N for newborn under seven pounds uh, sleepers. So we have our first, like, out, he's in zero to threes now. Crazy. You got to let him know that that's not going to stop. It's not. He's going to gain hundreds of pounds. He's going to be probably like 200 pounds bigger than he is. Um, yeah, and I'll say this about babies and uh, maybe a forewarning to anybody listening to this that is, I don't know, pre-having uh, kids and is thinking about having kids and kids are coming on the way or or, or even somebody who is never going to and, and just wants to hear um, about one of those, like a classic people warned me about X but didn't warn me about Y situation here, Jake. Um, people tell you, of course, that the baby is going to poop a lot. Um, right, of course. They tell you how often the baby will poop. They tell you how much the baby will poop. They tell you uh, how uh, stinkily the baby will poop, Jake. But no one has ever told us how loudly the baby will poop. He, uh, because it's one of the only things he does in the world, right? He sort of drinks, uh, shits himself, and goes to sleep. He 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 poops like he's trying to uh, like blow out the back of the diaper like he's trying to shoot it through like it's (laughs) you can hear it across it's really something you can hear it across the room he he gets his whole body into it like he pulls his legs into his chest to do it in like a shoot it's really something i mean yeah i think i feel like i say this every week there's many reasons i will not be a father yeah but uh genuinely one of them when i was younger was like i just don't want to clean up uh, clean up poo right it's just, I know, and like like you say, you're never prepared for it. You have a cat though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he he poos in a box, and <laughs> I scoop it into a bag. You are still interacting I, with poop, I guess is my point. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I'm not like. I feel like it's a different thing. I imagine right. your baby isn't just like shitting in a box, and you. <laughs> well, no. Up a few days later. It's just way too much for that to even be. We're talking like eight to twelve times a day, basically. People are gonna think that I'm I'm a cruel person here. No, maybe, no. Maybe that's the next 
that's like the next dragon's den. Invasion. Yeah. Like litter boxes, but for but for human babies. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie. <laughs> why? Why not? Because they don't it, like. A, oh, no, I'm a, not asking you. I'm asking. Yeah. Wife. Okay. She's just saying no. Yeah, because a three week old like he doesn't take cat dumps, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you let the baby go into the box itself. That would be crazy. So then, what are you proposing? Oh, you like hold it above, but it just like shits into a box. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, you are. It, what? It's, it, yeah, because well, no, you, <laughs> you don't know when the baby's going to shit. Um, oh, boy. That's a terrible idea. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. You're, I'll never accuse you of being a great entrepreneur. I'll say that much for sure. Ah, I had no yeah. time. <laughs> I know where my bread's buttered. <laughs> oh. For very revealing, very revealing opening to the show um, this week. And I'll say this, pretty reserved. I think I'm, I think I held some stuff in the chamber, so I feel good about that. Um, I'll tell you, though, the one thing my brain has been able to do, Jake, luckily, for two and a half to three hours every day, I'm able to, like, still follow along what's happening in a baseball game and think about that. That's about the only thing that I, outside of, like, survival mode and then, like, doing enough work to not starve... Uh, and remembering to feed and eat and wash, I can like I can conceive of a baseball game. That's a that's about uh, the level of what I've got. Luckily, that's I think that's deeply enough embedded in me. It's innate enough that it will never go away. Luckily, that's kind of amazing. I have to admit, because yeah. it's not like it's a down year with nothing to follow. Right. There's lots lots to follow this year, and you're able to able to do it. I think that's uh, that's pretty good. Sharp. I remain sharp as ever. I'm observant, uh, tactful. And of course, the Blue Jays. Um, I mean, listen, the, the you hate. I, I don't care about ratings, but if you were to care about ratings, plenty of good. To keep, the very popular team in the city. People, as we've remarked many times in the past, I feel like when when the Blue Jays are good and interesting, people in Toronto uh, do take notice and and do care, which is nice. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking about this the other day. How like the. The attendance isn't where I would expect it to be, but then also this is what it's always like in April and May. But the, you can tell, like, the TV ratings-wise and just sort of vibes in the city-wise, people are paying. The real test will be if the Maple Leafs don't blow it, which they will. But if they don't, will, can the city hold the attention of both? We love our Maple Leafs, don't we, folks? Um... They sure are a hockey team. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I... I hope they do well. I, I think the best. I think the best thing for uh, Blue Jays fandom is a, is a lengthy Maple Leafs run because yesterday was bliss for me. I was like, oh, nobody cares at all about this game. This is fucking fantastic. <laughs> the takes were certainly quieter. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, as the Blue Jays are playing the Yankees, you would think normally Blue Jays Yankees. Blue Jays are top of the mind for a lot of teams. The Yankees, of course, top of the division. Uh, lots to get into in the latest week. We are going to dive into some baseball talk after this. <laughs> Jake, we are uh, one month into the season. We have got, uh, you know, 20-ish, 20-plus games, almost 30 games of evidence, a bunch of series. Uh, the Blue Jays have played Boston a whole bunch. They've played Houston a whole bunch. They're playing the Yankees once more. 
um, even like Texas, but we've seen a lot of the Blue Jays against teams I think that we would normally in a season consider measuring sticks. Um, you know, and I know, and I think most people listening to this, their Blue Jays fans, sort of know what the story of the season has been so far, which is to say they are winning one-run games. They are not scoring that many runs. They've only had, you know, I think we came out of this season expecting them to be this um, high-powered offense, and we expected maybe the team we saw opening day to be the team that we saw a bunch this year, aside from beating up on the Rangers and, you know, a, a basically one game against the Astros and one game against the Red Sox. Um, hasn't been the explosive offense we've expected. We talked last week about how positive we were actually feeling about the fact that the team wasn't particularly playing well, but they were still winning games against tough teams. That remains true. Uh, we'll see how tonight's game finishes up. But even regardless, if they drop the Yankees series, um, I mean, it, it will start to get a little more questionable. But the Blue Jays generally... Um, uh, they have the record we want without playing the way we want them to ha be playing. So um, I asked you a week after we went through what we went through last week, how do you feel now um, about the team with with the offense being what it is, uh, maybe the runners in scoring position being what they are, all this stuff. How are you feeling sitting in now uh, the first week of May? Totally fine. Um, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I don't want to make the same argument every week because it's boring but boy it'd be a bad just... be a bad show <laughs> but i mean like i'm just not put, putting what's happening in first week of may on a whole baseball season because we've been burned both ways by that before if anything i feel even better by the fact that they have the record they do and they're not scoring despite the teams they have played in their schedule like we have not beat up on the AL Central yet, which is all terrible. Uh, we haven't played the Orioles yet. Like they've had, they've played the Red Sox seven times, the Yankees six times, you know, the Astros six times. They it, it has not been the uh, like a an e a nice and easy start to the season, and they're still, you know, a game and a half, two games up on the wild card, which is obviously way too late to standings watch, but just for sort of record indications and the bats will come they're missing two of their main like two of the main guys in their order and you know i i personally and i don't mean this uh too negatively or rudely as it may sound but uh you know i am not totally shocked that the team is not scoring on tons and tons of runs uh with the bottom third of the order including tapia and zimmer and uh heineman and the other one i mean bottom third of the order fucking tapia is hitting fifth well, and fourth <laughs> We're even middle even of the more, order bad here <laughs> even more to my point this is i don't if the full my if if teoscar was playing every day if Jansen and Kirk were doing the platoon like they planned, you know, I would be more concerned. Because as we've talked about, sort of, you know, you, you want to make the argument that they're not doing what we saw them do in the open game against Texas. That's because it's a different lineup with worse players in it. And, like, I like Tapia, and I think he's done an admirable job filling in. But, like, it's not... You don't, you're not plugging him in going, here's the... 
here's the powerhouse lineup. Mm, yeah, and we're and we're and, seeing some things. We're seeing some. I think to your point, uh, maybe the dream of like Bradley Zimmer is the job stealing guy. He's probably not. <laughs> he's he's a useful guy that you know uh, in that defense is important in times and base running is important in times. And I would even add to sort of the point of them winning the one run games. It's easy to look at the bats have cooled, and I would agree that they have. Um, but you know, bow aside, the the defense has has been good to great most of the year and uh they run the bases very well this year was they haven't done in the past like Toppy yeah. is a very good base runner vlad continues to be an aggressive guy who gets faster all the time Bo is stealing bases um they're not getting the hits with runners in scoring position and they're not putting together big innings um but they yeah, have so done the small things that they that when they were a young team they weren't doing very well and i would argue that they also weren't really hitting with guys in scoring position this time last year either yeah. And they turned that around. That was a whole narrative, like the first half of the year, other than the bullpen struggles. And speaking of the bullpen, you know, today and last night aside, the bullpen's been very good as well. The pitching, for the most part, save for a performance here, a performance there, has been very good. The problem, and I can see where sort of the... I see where the concerns are coming from, even though I don't share them. I do think the problem is they're throwing a lot of guys... Uh, every day. Romano has um, already made an, an unbelievable <laughs> amount of appearances, for sure. He's in half the games. Yeah, Romano's throwing a lot. Simber's throwing a lot. Uh, Meza. Meza, Richards, even guys like Merriweather and our true love, Trent Thornton. Because like, other, other than Kevin Gosman, who's been stupid, and Alec Manoa, they're not getting deep performances from the starters even when the performances are okay you're still you know without without Ryu there you're never getting more than five innings from Stripling even yeah. if he's good Kukuchi is yet to sort of figure it out Barrios it's, a work, has been, it's a work in progress is the official yeah. language the team is using Barrios has been good but also a guy who's not seemingly a guy who's not going too deep in games like the these pitches are getting worked, and I see the concern where if they're not, if the bats aren't there, you you're asking these guys day in day out to throw a lot of innings and be basically keep the opposing teams to two two runs or less, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a tough ask. And I think we're going to see what's happening currently as we speak, where the pen is not going to be able to keep teams in check and I think they're I think guys are I'm not going to say guys are getting tired because it's May but like you know you can't expect your bullpen to be throwing four or five innings of two hit ball every day yeah and I think I think we feel very we feel that obviously we're we're pretty high on on Simber but he's also a guy that like it has to be sort of a, a a different look. If you see Simber over and over again, eventually you sort of catch on, right? I think this a similar thing with uh, what we've seen with Merriweather, when, where he came out of nowhere and it was like, oh, this guy's unhittable. And now it's, you know, he, you get a little more tape. He, he gets to almost 60 innings in his career. Uh, and, and you're sort of able to take a little more note. And, and even Jimmy Garcia, even... Uh, Romano went through it a little bit and like his innings haven't been crystal clean he's obviously been very good and got a lot of outs he hasn't every single time hasn't been three up three down um, you know the more you use these guys the more they get not just the fatigue but also they get you get the tape on them you get the 
uh, familiarity with hitters, I think that is uh, a legitimate thing. I, you know, when it comes to bullpens holding leads like that, as you said, um, I think it's something you you. It, it's great that it's happening a whole bunch. I don't think it's something you want happening more than like three times a week. I think you 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 would ideally yeah. like more than anything. I think what everybody's looking for for this team, and hopefully it happens this week, uh, is you just love them to just go out and they just haven't beaten anybody's asses yet. They really just haven't kicked anybody's asses, yeah. which is like, I guess a little bit against Oakland a little bit. Um, but you're just sort of, I'm sort of waiting for the game or the series where they put it up and it's it's like they win like 12-3 or they, or they, they you know, it's 6-1 after two innings. And you're like, okay, here we go. Um, it, it is the Yankees series. Uh, the beginning of this weekend, and then they, they go to Cleveland to play the Guardians and then the Yankees again. And then the Rays, geez, and the Mariners, who are good. They really don't get a break in the schedule until uh, the 20th when they play the sad sack Reds. So it's going to be, I mean, they're April and May. That's a, that's a fucking tough schedule. They're playing some very good teams out of the gate here. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the schedule is, uh, the schedule will turn in their favor. I mean, you look at last season. For example, I'm not even going to go to 2015. But, you know, last year, they were exactly 500. Sorry, they were a game below, two games below 500 going into June 19th. And then they get a series with Baltimore, where they take two or three. They get two against Miami. They take two. Then they get a four-game set against Baltimore, where they took three of four. And then all of a sudden, you know, they lose a series to Seattle. They take two of three from Tampa Bay. They sweep Texas. You know, I feel like they just need some of those not, they need some, they need some Baltimores and some Miamis to sort of get them going a little bit. And then you look like, same thing here. You look at these games, they're sort of, you know, not scoring a ton of runs start the year. There's a couple outbursts here, a couple outbursts there. Then you have in the middle of June, this game on June 13th, the game against Boston where they score 18 Six days later, they score ten. Then they score seven. Four days later, they score nine. They, <laughs> they score split. 12. They split that series where they scored eighteen yeah. and ten, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that was this. I remember that series happening. That was the series that like made me really mad. That was the beginning of my like. I think they're good. and This, this is gonna suck. But like to end June, they score nine, five, twelve, five, nine, and seven, and that comes against Baltimore and Seattle, and at the end of the month. So I think they just need. To your point about needing to like kick some ass, they need to play some teams that allow for ass kicking. Yeah. And they haven't yet. And I think that's fine. And they're still and it's not like they're a below five hundred team right now. They're not eight and sixteen. So and missing some key guys and you know, Vlad's had one pitch to hit in a week. And so, you know, so I'm not I'm not concerned. I do see where there is um maybe cause for concern but like assuming they lose tonight as we're speaking Seven it's one. may yeah. it's may 3rd and it's going to be the first series they lost um yeah i mean i don't think anybody is uh, you know not a lot of out and out panic this is of course um part and parcel with being a team that has uh, championship aspirations for being a team that considers itself a contender is uh these little warts are going to get picked at and picked at and picked at and picked at it certainly all, I think we know, it certainly all goes away with even, like, a, one series of good offense. If if they can... Yeah. And Teoscar comes back and they go into the weekend against Cleveland 
and it's all smiles and laughs and seeds, and they are, um, you know, Vladdy has to get one more pitch per at-bat to hit, and, you know, you have uh, 12 less Zimmer at-bats over the weekend, or you see Tapia a little bit less, and he doesn't have to hit fourth. I think I think things turn around here in a, in a pretty good hurry, because as you said, um, Manoa has yet to even disappoint in a start. Gosman has been... Out of the gate, he's like immediately in comparisons with like who's the best Jays pitcher you've ever seen in your life sort of conversations. Uh, it's really yeah. been a blessing in that way. And, you know, the knock on Barrios that we had before the year, the like if you, the reason people don't have faith in Barrios, it's like, oh, he's more of a number three than a number one. It's like, great. He's a number three. Like, <laughs> we have he's our <laughs> third best guy. That's that's fine with us. Like with with Manoa and Gosman taking that pressure off him and allowing him to be a plus three. Boy, now you're now you're cooking with gas and. Uh, it just takes Kikuchi, the work in progress, um, just a little bit. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. Stop throwing cutter. Stop throwing your cutter for the love of God. <laughs> just throw fastballs. I, <laughs> I thought that uh, yesterday there is actually what I think was, you know, we love our metaphors. I thought yesterday there was an apt metaphor unintentionally where Ross Stripling threw against the Yankees, threw pretty well, all things considered. Did not have a bad game at all. But I think it was uh, Joe Siddle on the broadcast who, as Stripling was being pulled in like the fifth inning, it was like, okay, Stripling's been, I think, I can't remember exactly the phrase, but he, he basically said directly, Stripling's been good, but there's no way you're letting him face the order the third time. Yeah. And, you know, credit to Ross Stripling for having a good game against a good team. But y- y- you can't, have th- you know two guys in three days who can't see the order the third time through mm-hmm. and then be like oh well the bullpen's gonna can't believe they're blowing it again yeah on, on the plus side um that three we just talked about with gosman manoa and barrios um it basically allows you to say that like you're gonna you're very few series are gonna come up where you're gonna be like shaky at any at any real point with your with your rotation and you have to believe one of those three guys is going to get you deep into a game if not multiple of them um so that is sort of the nice thing obviously we have said many times in here you're never going to have enough pitching um i think similar to what we talked about last time i think i'm even more doubled down now is that like we talk about um additions and shopping list stuff uh, I think I'm starting to move into, like, I think a, another pitcher makes sense to me. Uh, if if you're going to be questionable with Kikuchi mm-hmm. and you're not going to know what you're going to get out of Ryu, um, I think it's an easy position to sort of put some resources into. Yeah, and I mean, like, not yet ready to declare him the savior because we've fallen to that trap before, but there's a good chance Pearson's back soon. And who knows what he brings us here. Yeah. I'm not saying he's that guy and, you know... I don't think that they're going to give Kikuchi a long leash considering what they're trying to do this year, but I also think it's hard to say, you know, the guy we just signed to a three-year, 30-whatever-million-dollar contract eyes in the pen now. Yeah. But maybe they'll have to. Well, or, yeah, exactly right. Or he gets a little more, um, you know, they get a more, little more selective into into who they use, into who, who they use. It's a very interesting, very interesting um, situation. We've seen some other sort of storylines that I mentioned. Doesn't seem like Bradley Zimmer is probably going to be um, there all that long once we get the sort of Teoscar gets back and we see what the um, outer parts of the roster look like when we get a little closer to contention window. Um, has anybody else sort of caught your eye, surprised you? I guess I guess we have sort of have to have the requisite like 
explain to me why you're not worried about Bo Bichette conversation, but it almost seems like he's coming out of that on his own anyway. Yeah, he's seven seven for his last 15. Yeah. And I think Bo is also... The way Bo... Bo's approach at the plate is going to lend itself to these streaks. For sure. He's for sure. just... And that's just... You're just going to have to live with it if you're if you want Bo Bichette on your team. Yeah. And I think, you know... Obviously, his defense is not outstanding, but it's good enough, I think. And yeah, I think that you you just have to. Bo's just going to be one of those. You know, he's not Vladdy. He's not the guy who comes in and everything is like this is the best player I've ever seen. Right. You just have to live with and Bo. The way Bo is aggressive. Not only how he's aggressive in terms of his pitch counts and what he swings at, but how he swings at things and his sort of, I don't want to say inability, but like clearly fastballs still give him some trouble. Once yeah, velocity, he, he, he finally turned one around uh, today, I think. Yeah, once velocity gets up and in on him, it's not there yet. But also, like, he's got, what, a season and a half in the majors? And also, he's, we've seen what he can do once he gets going, and I think... Just his style of swing, his style of approach at the plate. He's go, you know, he's gonna go, he's gonna hit like five hundred for a month and then hit two hundred for the next month. I think, and that's just yeah. kind of the guy he is. And you have to hope he gets those five hundreds uh, when it counts. Yeah, um, I, I I remain unworried. I think you're sort of right in that um, the expectation of him being beside Vladdy and like being a horse that is like neck and neck with Vladdy in terms of production is unrealistic with sort of how complete the package is with Vladdy, the, the contact skill, the power skill, the patience, um, the, the more complete hitter, whereas sort of Bo playing in it, I think it even does translate a little bit to the defense, whereas like he seems to be fine in plays where it's athleticism that makes the play or he has to throw on the run or he is like really making a play that is, he has to be quick. I think sometimes when when he has a little time to make the play, and that's sort of when things can get a little a little clunky. And uh, as you said, dealing with dealing with the velocity, but man, dealing with velocity is tough for. I mean, that's, that's being a major league hitter in twenty twenty two. Yeah, you're gonna get the pitchers are so good and the ball is dead. What are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> but also, you look at, you know, there's a difference between quotes being able to hit major league pitching with a guy like Bono, a guy like Zimmer, obviously. For sure. For sure. And I think your point with the ball being dead is a good point because the Jays have had, I would count at least seven hits in big, or non-hits in big opportunities at home this year that are home runs in July. Um, it's with it's home open. I don't want to, like that's not an excuse for things. No, no, I understand. But there's been a few of them where it's like, if the dome is open, some of these games go a different way. It's weird um, because it's one of those things where like obviously offense is down right now for everybody, so they're. You know, like they were leading the league in home runs still for a little bit there, despite the fact that... They were as of yesterday. Yeah. Whereas they're still sort of a middle-of-the-road team in runs scored, and I think they're worst in the league with runners in scoring positions. So it does sort of lend itself to, like, even a little bit more of of um, just rallies, just string together hits. And I think that's, mm-hmm. again, that's where Teofra comes in. To your point earlier is, like, him just adding that one depth in the lineup is pretty valuable versus... You know, you you let Flatty do whatever he wants, and you have Bo that's cold. Uh, so you're sort of you're dealing with Springer and Vladdy, and then you can sort of, you know, you navigate around Guriel, and there's nothing really there because 
um, Chapman has been struggling at the, a little bit. I guess you could say a little bit struggling at the plate. He's sort of. Um, I, think, I think he is what he is. He's he's what yeah. I. He's got like a one hundred four uh, WRC plus, which is kind of what you think Matt Chapman's going to bring. Yeah, and also a sign that like the average OPS plus or WRC plus right now is not that high. Sort of thing. Yeah. It's like he's been home runs, pop ups, and strikeouts. Sort of has been his three true outcomes, but continues to play the superlative defense and. Again, if he's one thing less important with with your Teoscar in your lineup, I think he's somebody that benefits from that. And I think, um, you know, Kirk, who finally got his first extra base hit today, the, the catching position in general, like as valuable as Zach Collins just was for two months. I, I'm also not sitting here and being like, well, there's no chance Collins isn't not on the team a month from now. Right. Very good chance Collins isn't on the, like he's down in Buffalo or isn't part of the rotation. I think there's um, between Jansen coming back and uh, again, Moreno sort of knocking on the door, maybe more in June, July. Um, there's a lot more maneuvering to be done with this lineup. And I don't, I don't have any of the concerns. I, I get why in the moment watching the games, you would have frustrations, but I don't have long-term concerns. Mm-hmm. Anything that makes me think um, that it's going to especially not jeopardize their spot in the playoffs, because maybe the Yankees are better than we giving we gave credit for maybe a little bit more, but I think the Red Sox might be worse. And uh, with the extra team in the playoffs, I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to have any trouble sneaking into that dance. No, not at all. And I think that you know your Chapman point speaks to a good one in the sense that at the begin at the beginning of the season, you're saying like, oh, they haven't really beat up on guys like the teams that we like the team we saw in opening day, like we expected. And that was when we were making the jokes, but like you know, LOL, Matt Chapman's hitting seventh. Right. And as the lineup is currently constructed, that is not possible to happen. So when we get back to the LOL Matt Chapman sitting seventh days, if they're still only scoring one run a game, then, you know, we can have further discussions on it. But as of now, I agree with you. I'm not uh, I'm not particularly concerned. Um, yeah. So things are things are looking things are looking okay, despite the absolute meltdown that is happening behind us uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> with the rundown and the and some of the defense and some of the umpiring. Um not, I'm not as, again, I, I, I can see why moment to moment um, it would bother you, but I am able a little bit, maybe it's the maybe it's the other priorities of my life with the fatherhood. I'm able to sort of look at the bigger picture and not be too upset about anything I'm seeing. I think it's, you know, you said it as like, uh, it's a merit of being a good team that things get picked apart. It's also a merit of the schedule and who they're playing. These things look much worse against the Yankees than they do against pick your team. Yeah. In terms in terms of moment to moment fears, struggles, what have you. Um and again, we've talked about this before. A lot of easy avenues in my eyes to improve the team. So, um I don't see any warts, you know, that are totally devastating. And boy, we should mention this before we move on. Boy, is it nice to have healthy George Springer. Whoo-wee. He's uh he's Pretty good, as our he's, as our friend Pat Taver would say, he's a baseball player. He is a, just a ball player. He's just a ball player. Just a ball player. Um, yeah, you forget that. Like, oh yeah, that's a guy that you can put in the conversation for ten, top ten player in the league. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Not quite as good as Santiago Espinal, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's nice nice luxuries to have. Um, as things are things are coming around nicely. So I again, as long as George Springer is out there playing defense and hitting and running and leading and dancing and singing uh i'm enjoying watching baseball it's, it's that simple for me and i think um i think we're gonna have more of these check-ins where things uh, you know that there will be cause for concern but you and i are riding out the storm feeling very confident i think that's what the season's gonna look like until we get of course to september october and then i will be 
then it's a meltdown every day no matter what. Forget about it. Absolute meltdown time. Forget about it. Yeah. Uh, or or if the deadline goes bad or oh, boy, look out! Oh, I can't um, wait to play deadline. <laughs> Already excited about it. They're gonna move early. They're gonna move early. I, I have I have. They're gonna set the market versus react to the market. Is my guess. I like that. I like that. Uh, we have we have uh, voicemails aplenty on the way, so we should get to it. We should open up the mailbag. We're gonna do that after this. It's time for the mailbag. You know what I almost did there was I almost did the Nicholas Pickles It's Letter Time. <laughs> wow. That's one of those things that is stuck in my head forever despite not hearing it. For, me for me too. I can't. I, I, what would have brought it in or, or why I would have said it or uh, the fact that I would have known it um, beat for beat is sort of hilarious. You know, I'm going to lay our first voicemail here and we'll see uh, what we got. Here we hey, go. Lester, Jade, Adam. Uh, was wondering what your favorite place to in the sky dome is. Uh, my last game I went to was my first big event uh, post mid pandemic, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was the final game of, for the Jays last year. Great pack, great pack house, diggers everywhere. Uh, I was sitting three rows up in the 500s right behind home plate. Beautiful view of the field. You can see everything. I can see the crowd, which you know, really helped. The atmosphere being, I love being able to see everything happening. Uh, so, just wondering, what is your preferred place to sit? All right, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to start with something a little bougie, Jake. Okay. Uh, I don't plan to ever sit in the 500s again in my entire life. Really? Yeah, I haven't done it for a long time. I haven't done it for years, and I don't. I guess maybe taking my son, but I, I don't think so. Interesting. Um, I like the 200s in general. I think it's a nice. Um, it, you can get shade depending on like what if you're smart about the time of day you are there and and they're like you know if you're going to a um, evening game you can sit third base side if you're going to a day game you sit first base side and sort of a, and avoid getting blasted in the sun um, and like 200 outfield could just sort of get something similar to TV and you get a little bit of what that guy was talking about with seeing the whole play involved but um, I like it's gonna sound and I, I like like 20 rows up from behind the plate. In 100s or like 200s uh, baseline, sort of my preferred. I feel like I, in my sort of old age, uh, I have no middle ground anymore. Yeah. I like sitting in sort of where our caller was saying, like first few rows of the 500s. Yeah. Uh, or I like to be like the best seats in the house. In the, you want to be right there. Like right yeah. in the end. I, I've sat, you know, it's funny, all the many hundreds of Jay's games I've gone to in my life. I've only sat like not in the in the action seats, but quote in the action, like twice. And it, it really is a different experience. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. I remember once sitting about like two rows behind home plate, uh, when David Price was still on the Rays. Yeah. And just like watch being able to actually watch the guys pitch and see the balls coming in in real time, it's the best. I it's I understand why people pay money to sit there every day yeah i had i had first row third base side to see um you darvish in his rookie year mm. 
And I was like, oh, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> so oh, I get it. This is, this is, why wouldn't you sit here? Um, this is unbelievably cool. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. If, if you're going to sit, um, not a first row, then I, then like 20 rows, 20 to 25 rows up uh, behind the plate is really nice. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think the idea here is like, what's the not first row pick? Um, I like the 200 sort of uh, anywhere in the ballpark. 200s, I think is nice. Generally comfortable seating. Um, and you can get shade depending on where you're sitting and, and, you know, if you're, if, if you're 200s outfield, you can get to the, uh, flight deck really easily, which is sort of a, yeah, if you want to like just get up and walk around, you can sort of mingle. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm through the, the 500s part of my life. I get it. And I, I support 200s as well, but I feel like I haven't yet lost. I've, I've lost the like deep in the 500s. Uh, right. part of my life, I think. I mean, playoff game, playoff I guess. Game. I, I yeah, thought playoff about that. game I would. But that's different. Yeah, it is different. Playoff game, you can sit me anywhere in the building and I'd be like, this is fine. Okay, we got another one. I think this is from, I think this is from Mark. Hey, fellas. Mark calling. Loving the show. How you guys doing? Um, it's Thursday afternoon. Jay's just finished beating the Red Sox. Everything is wonderful. Probably too early in the season to be thinking about franchise records, but 20 games in, Jordan Romano has nine saves. Jay's all-time record is 45. Dwayne Warden, 93. He's getting that record this year, right? I know saves kind of an antiquated counting stat, but still pretty cool. Where would you guys put the over-under on Romano's saves this season? Let's go Blue Jays. Great call. Great question. Um, and, man, what, what is he at, 10 now? Like Something like that, yeah. Uh, and we're in six months. It's a six month season. We're, we're one sixth of the way through the season, basically right now. Um, basically, basically, if he stays healthy, he has it right. He's eleven. He's already a quarter way there. He has eleven saves in thirteen games. Yeah, I'm basically, trying to. If he stays healthy, to, I don't know. I don't know how he doesn't get. Yeah, it. I'm trying to say he's not throwing water on it because that's my answer as well. If he stays healthy, he does it. I don't think he will do it. Oh, that's that's all I'm. <laughs> what a mean way to predict the. I'm gonna I'm gonna say so if if we're saying the for the over under we'll say it's forty five and a half so we'll say the you know him setting a new individual record. Um, I think I think I do think he he's gonna get it. I think he might. Well, my actual pick is to how many saves he'll end up with. It's fifty four. If he stays healthy, I'm going to say 51. So what? That's you know, it, it, he just sort of. I expect them to win a bunch more games. They're going to win a whole bunch. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing, right? He's, he's got to start picking it, up like two and three run saves. They don't all have to be let nail me put biters. It this way. The team is going to win enough games for him to set the record. So I'm with you, Mark. I think that's a great call. I think he is going to set the record. Um, thank you for doing the research that the record was 45. So we didn't have to do it because that would have been some typing. Would have been some checking. <laughs> would have been some us. No, nobody wants that. You know, we could have seen the voicemail coming and done it beforehand, but whatever. Um, it's, it's not how it's not how we roll here. Not how it works. Uh, we move to the Twitter mailbag. If you want to hear every answer to every question, you got to get on the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash less than J's nine dollar tier and five dollar tier gets you the extended shows, no ads, and extra episodes of stuff on uh, the nine dollar tier, including Jays of Our Lives this week, Jake talked about Sean Green. Sean Green was fucking amazing. That's the TLDR to that motherfucker. <laughs> um, and we had we did Aaron Hill before that. We've done Eric Kinski. We've done Shannon Stewart. We've done uh, Alex Gonzalez. We've done 
Dustin McGowan. If you want to hear extra half-hour episodes about those players and those players alone, and we're going to do Colby Rasmus. have to mention it every week because we did a poll of our Patreon members, and like 25% of them wanted to see Colby Rasmus. Uh, that is going to come out uh, at some point in the next month. We get into the Twitter mailbag, as I said. Ephus Curve, which I think a nice one that we're going we're gonna to like here. Tell me about a relatively minor play in a random game in any sport that has sent you into an emotional spiral. Oh, say that again? Tell me about a time, a relatively minor play in a random game in any sport sent you into an emotional spiral. I have I, one top of, top of mind. I can remember the game, but I can't remember the play. Mm. Uh, I was at a game in 2016. They were playing the Red Sox, uh, and I was not in a good space, personally. <laughs> uh, and it was in that part in tw- that period of 2016 where they were just kind of starting to fall apart right before they fixed it at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if they got swept by the Red Sox at home, uh, but they lost enough to the Red Sox at home in August to be a problem. And I, feel, I have to hold on. Uh, here's the here's the typing, and the, and the googling. Uh, <laughs> what was the what was the what was the minor what was the minor thing? Is I guess the real question. I don't think it, I can't remember the exact. Uh, oh yeah, here you go. Friday, September 9th. they lost thirteen to three Ugh. to the Red Sox. So it was just kind of everything. Uh, yeah, they gave up six in the top of the seventh. That hurts. And that was, you know, I, I, I was not asked to leave the ballpark or anything. Didn't even didn't get a talking to. Yeah. But uh, I did not handle it well. They certainly didn't beg you to stay. Yeah, and it was not, uh, you know, you mix you mix six runs in the seventh to the Red Sox in the midst of a pennant race, Tough times. Uh, with being not happy with uh, paying $70 to drink at a game. And you got yourself a mix for a bad time. I will say, and I, I'm going to frame mine. I'm going to make mine recent because it sticks top of mind from last year. And I'm going to actually frame it to describe something I like a lot more this year. Last year, you may remember, Alec Manoa got tossed out of a game last year. Um, I want to say for for a hit by pitch because he hits a lot of guys with pitches. I think he threw a two-seamer and hit somebody um, late in the year. And Charlie Montoyo did not get thrown out of the game for it. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. I remember that very well. I believe Pete Walker did, though. That was like that was peak uh, everyone's questioning Charlie, I think. Yeah, and I was like, listen, I know that manager ejections don't matter, but I was pretty um, mad that Charlie would not jump on the grenade from Manoa there. It was sort of like how I view it is like Charlie's job is to is to get thrown out of that game to show Manoa that, you know, I, I'm not going to let them fuck you over like that, regardless of what happens to you. So I want to use that as a jumping off and say this weekend, uh, Charlie jumped on the grenade for Vladdy and did it perfectly on Saturday. Perfectly. Somebody was getting thrown out of that game in that situation. Vladdy walking away, slamming his bat down and walking the way the way that he did. Not that he was wrong to do it, and he was right to do it. But somebody was going to get tossed in that moment. It was going to happen. It was either going to be Vladdy or it was going to be Charlie, and Charlie got his money's worth and made sure he was the one who got tossed and not Vladdy. And I was like, yes. That's all. I don't have a quota for how often you have to get tossed, but you have in the situations where one of your players might get tossed, you have to make sure that it's you and not them. That's what that's what Gibby was so great at. 
it would be Encarnacion or, or Batista would be teetering on the edge of getting tossed. Because those guys were not quiet. And Gibby would always make sure it was him instead. Um, yeah. I would say kudos to Charlie on that one. A bit of a hat tip. But a bit of a learning thing and maybe a little bit of a – we talked about last week with him getting a little more vocal with the umpires. A little more of like, all right, we're not going to get screwed here. We're, we're, a, we're a contender now and all these wins matter versus like – you know, Vlad is in a learning experience year and yada yada. Now it's like, no, you're not robbing the best hitter in the world of a strike zone. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that's absolutely correct. I do remember that game last year, uh, and it was that was not was not extremely well. annoying. Um, Chris Hastings asked, "Choose your ideal fourth outfielder: 2010 Fred Lewis, 2013 Moises Sierra, 2015 Ezekiel Carrera, or 2022 Rymel Tapia." Ooh, it's got to be Zeke. I think it is Zeke. He, was, he, had, uh, he had the most contribution. Yeah. It's easy to forget how weirdly good Ezekiel Carrera was in 2016. Um, the unexplainable high OBP. Yeah. Um, and then was out of the league a year later, which is crazier. 2010 Fred Lewis. Good times. Um, like, in, in the 2016 playoffs, Zeke was unbelievable. But, two, again, 2015... Is the is the guy that we're getting, right? Ah, 2010 Fred Lewis stole 17 bases, um, had a hit hit 262, 332, 414, 17 steals, five home runs. 2015 Zeke was not good. <laughs> not as Which fun I believe as... is the crux of the question. Yeah. <laughs> or what was the one? Was 2013 Moises Sierra? Sneaky I mean, great it's... pick, actually. I don't think it's Moises. Moises Sierra. I don't know what happened there. Moises Sierra made noise because he was like a semi-bright spot in just a yeah dearth of a year. In thirty-five games, two ninety-three, sixty-nine, eight twenty-seven OPS, one twenty-six OPS plus. Um, is this all a roundabout way of saying that it might be Tapia? It could be. It's Tapia or Fred uh, top, Lewis. Tapia the sixty-two OPS plus. Yeah, maybe. In an already dead year, but it's the things he does right, Jake. That's true. Wrong. And it's only been 20 games, so, you know, he's on pace for at least three more of those, I think. Uh, Canned Lizard, if the Blue Jays were sandwiches, which one would be a Reuben? And bonus question, what sandwich would a different Blue Jay be? Who would be the Reuben sandwich of the Blue Jays? I'm going to say it's uh, Tay Oscar. Because mm. it's not always what you want, but when yeah. it hits right, you're like, yes. Yes, I agree. Because you like you can't give it to, like, Gosman where you're like, it's very simple and it works every time. It's like, there's, right, exactly. there's some worries. Um, and, like, you can get a bad Ruben, and you're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. I think it is Teoscar, because when it's great, you're like, this is fucking the greatest. It's it's Teoscar or Lourdes. I'm not this, sure this which. Is, this is why I love sandwiches, you say to yourself. Um, but if it's, when yeah. it's bad, you're like, ugh, come on, you're better than this Ruben sandwich. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, Teoscar. Do, do you have any other pairings between uh, between sandwich and Blue Jay? Uh, I mean... Uh, Espinal and Springer, just you know, pick your pick your perfect two combination. Your 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 peanut butter and jelly, your smoked salmon and cream cheese, just one after the other, just hits right. <laughs> yeah, um... Vlad's just like a big fucking meaty perfect burger. Yeah, I was gonna just... say Vlad is like the perfect double cheeseburger, where you're just like, yeah. oh my fucking god. Every time you're just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Bo might be your classic, like, um, spicy chicken sandwich where 
it's like it's very good and sometimes you're like oh I shouldn't have done that. I was sometimes, like a, you shit for, sometimes you shit for four days. I got a little aggressive there, and that was a mistake, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bo is PG clucks. Is what Bo is. Yeah. Okay, that's your Blue Jays and your sandwiches. That's your mailbag. Thank you so much for uh, calling and for messaging and for uh, being part of the show as you, the audience. We appreciate it. Um, I'm going to check into why Danny said is the phone line dead because we've got two phone calls. Maybe I'll call in a minute here and see if everything's okay. Should be. We're paying for it. So uh, that is it for that. Nothing to do but come back after one last break and 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 take this to your grave. Okay, Jake, uh, time to close her out. I will say that I think I've already taken the first definite L from the take this to your grave. I think I said Dexter Fowler would be on the team in a month. Dexter Fowler has already requested his release and is no longer in the Blue Jays organization. So, If, if it helps, it turns out that he's got one of those NFT Twitter pictures. So, No, never mind then. No, no big loss. Sounds like a real sucker. Yeah. Um, you, I guess you had, you had one that had to do with um, Embiid. Didn't yes, you? I did. I was wrong. <laughs> Jay's offense, like, yeah, I can't imagine Embiid scored like four points over the corner. Yeah, <laughs> Except last night, haha. Um, uh, no, we don't, we don't condone uh, injury bragging on this show. I don't care. Uh, unless unless it, we feel like it. Unless <laughs> yeah, uh, the player I don't like, it helps him I like win, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> People will be like, uh, oh, you don't want to win that way. It's like, ah, I want to ah, win. Winning was fun. I wanted to win the 2019 NBA Finals, and they did. So yeah. <laughs> it was pretty sick. <laughs> uh, I, I also had my – I was too uh, early on Gosman. I said that Gosman was going to have a spring start that alleviated my concerns. Oh. Uh, turns out I see the regular season to start. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's As of recording, has yet to walk anybody as a Blue Jay and has yeah, struck out 40. It's ridiculous. Oh. Goodness gracious me. Um, okay. Take this to your grave. This time, I will say, by the end of the month, Jake, Nate Pearson will start a game for the Toronto Blue Jays. Ooh, I like that. I agree with that. Uh, I am going to say, uh, not counting the game that is currently happening on Tuesday, May 3rd, uh, but after that game, so from Wednesday, May 4th's game, uh, the Blue Jays will not lose until we record next. Ooh, okay. Okay, I like that. Uh, so basically you're saying they're running the table against the Guardians. Yeah. Oh, and it's so I, nice to get to oh, see the Guardians. I know, I know. No more of that Cleveland shit. Thank God. Uh, was that so hard, Cleveland? Was it so hard? Right? Um, John Heyman. Idiot. Stupid. Idiot moron. And then Yankees again on Tuesday next week. So there you go. There's your weekend, Blue Jays, Guardians, and uh, we're going to put to bed this garbage-ass 9-1 to loss the Blue Jays are currently going through in the background. So a good thing we recorded through this one because I don't have a ton of takeaways from it in live. Yeah. Other than it seemed like Manoa was great. They're going to somehow lose the game 9-1, and uh, the starting pitcher will have pitched really well. That's cool. Vlad tagged him is the point. Yeah, exactly right. Um, that is it for another week. We will talk to you next week after the Guardians series. I'll probably kick around. Get you something out there for two coffees. Uh, we'll see how the Yankees series goes. Maybe there'll be something reactionary there. 
whether or not otherwise, stick tuned to the Patreon account. As always, you get Jays of Our Lives in the $9 tier. It's Sean Green Week, a guy who never had a bad season and was always very cool and fun. Uh, Jake did a great job on that one. And you get the all the back catalog, patreon.com slash less than Jays. That is it for another week. Thank you so much for being a part of this show as the audience with your mailbag questions and just your listening, just your just seeing the number go up. It makes me feel good and uh, gives me reason uh, to record this show that I love so much. Thank you so much. Uh, that is it for us. Talk to you next time on Less Than Jays. <laughs>